as I'm going through these things, I'm sitting in cell and I'm wondering, why is this happening? Because I've never, I've never broke the code. Why am I here? Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up, man? It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, Go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle Podcast. I'm extremely excited about my next guest. The man in front of me is the one and only Frisco Hardbody Sco. For anyone yes, who's not aware, um, one of the young uh, up-and-coming artists who's doing Great things, making really good music. I mean, you've got singles that are out currently. Once again, Opposite and Prolly, they're all out right now. Um, you've got music coming up with Sada Baby, Play No Games. So that actually, that drops tomorrow, right? That drops tomorrow, yes, sir. Man, that's exciting. So by the time people listen to this, it'll be out now. Um, so make sure that if you haven't checked it out, check it out. I'm sure it's going to be huge. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people talking about it. So... I'm just get. I'm lucky. I'm getting in just before the drop, and I'm getting the like the pre the the pre bump up in terms of like yeah. where you're going, man. But but how are you feeling about it? You know, there's a big song on the way. What's the feeling like with the anticipation? Uh, I feel blessed. You know, I, f- I feel like it's overdue. I feel like it's overdue. I've been doing this a long time, and uh, moments like this, I've been yearning for for a long time. So now that they're here. You know, I'm excited and I'm just ready, bro. You know, just ready, gassed up, gassed up. <laughs> so I'm assuming, so, so tonight, is there just no sleep? You're just waiting for the for the drop? Like, what's the plan? Like, for me personally, if I had a song like this coming out, I'd just be like, well, looks like there's no rest. Looks like I'm just uh, going to stay up. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about anything I put out. Maybe something of this magnitude, I guess, is heightened but uh every time i drop some even when it's by myself i'm like that because uh i hang my hat on my artistry man so every time i be anticipating like man this finna be one you never know when you drop some each time you put somebody got the chance to be your next biggest so that's that's my mindset every time i drop something so you're just you're just so excited every time i feel like that's a good place to be is to be excited when you release things i feel like some Sight. people in the industry, you know, when they've been doing it for a long time, they've been releasing a lot of music. The shine goes away from it in a weird way. Like, I feel like that is this polarity and there's something you need is the constant excitement of like, you should be excited when you drop music. But I feel like that's not everyone. Yeah, I don't know. But for me, I kind of love it. You know, it's, it's it's like a perfect storm for me because uh, I get to make a, a, a living off what I love, you know. So I'm not just doing it for just like what they say, cloud or the, the shiny, the glitz glam. I actually love it. So every time I put something out, even when I love every process, whether it be performing, recording, uh, meets, whatever, anything involving this music thing, I love it, bro. So I'm excited about everything. It don't get old to me. 
so funny. You're like, I don't do it for like the shiny things. And then you have like shiny things on. And I'm like, well, at least it comes yeah. with benefits. <laughs> yeah, it comes with some benefits, man, for sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah, humbly speaking, let them see it, man. Let them see it, man. Humbly speaking, man, let them see it. Well, were you surprised by the benefits that you started to see? Like, I know that, you know, every kid looks at at hip hop and goes like, man, that would be awesome if I could do that. And then, like, mm-hmm. for it to start happening, what's that feeling mm-hmm. like? I mean, that shit still hit me. I, I sometimes I still just call my mom and be like, uh, mom, this shit really happening. You know, sit and talk to her. And, uh, bro, I, like, I ain't really got no pretty answer for it. That's, like, the whole truth. Like, how it's starting to unfold. I tell my team, it's, like, it's crazy. Not crazy because the work I put in, but, like, seeing shit start unfolding. Labels start reaching out, the artists start reaching out, the profits start coming in, and that's what you always want. And when it starts to come, it's like shit, pinch yourself type of moment. So I'm 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 still relishing it, to be honest, bro. <laughs> do you remember still, the first? Man. Do you remember the first pinch yourself moment? Like, what was the first one that was like, oh, this shit is real? Um. Shit. Okay, well, the first pinch of moment for me is my first time performing. This was probably before anything like I could call success, but that first one when I performed was like uh, I was uh, maybe fourteen, some shit like that. I was in uh, St. Louis, and I performed for the first time in front of a bunch of people. And I knew like I already knew this is what I wanted to do, but that moment was like, okay, this shit is for real. But yeah, that was my very first pinch myself moment, bro. What was the crowd? Like, what was, give me some context behind that performance. Cause I imagine I'm trying to put myself in your shoes as a 14 year old kid. And like people yeah, hate yeah. being in public. Number one in general, they hate mm-hmm. public speaking, but to be that young and then have a crowd. Yeah. What was the, what was the context around that performance? Uh, let me, okay. Back then it was like a group. It was a group, you know, uh, it was a, uh, Amber, A. Randall, shout out to you, and uh, Crazy. Uh, she passed away, so rest in peace, Crazy. And um, this is back, like, MySpace days, you know what I'm saying? For all those <laughs> that's living on dinosaur times, but back then you really couldn't, like, uh, finesse internet the way you can now. And um, I at the time, I was getting, like, 40,000 views per song. These weren't even videos, just just clicks views on the song itself and um someone from st louis reached out to us and shit we went down there we had to of course it, it, we didn't get paid to do this we still had to to pay you know so for those who don't know you gotta pay to do shows sometimes to get yourself in front of people so we kind of rented some cars we went down there and at the time i told them i'm 14 years old so i'm I'm a baby myself and we got there we rented our hotel and uh once I made it on the stage, bro, it was like a surreal moment, you know, where I really like knew like, this is what I want to do. This is really what I want to do. I didn't clam up. I didn't have the shakes. I came alive, bro, like a light beaming in my eyes, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like a light beaming in my eyes. And um, from that moment on, bro, it's been like a chase for me. It's been a chase for me. So that was like the addiction. That was like it started. Oh, yeah. Okay, that would, that's exactly what I was trying to describe to you. Yep, the yeah. addiction, yep. So what did that do for the like, – I'm going to ask two questions. How big was the okay. crowd that you performed in? Uh, I, I think it was maybe like 100 people. Maybe like that's 100 a good people, size. But 
that's a good but we we in like a a, a venue right when you when you got a hundred people packed in a room, small to those that maybe don't can't visualize, but you got a hundred people packed in a fucking room with their phones lighting the lighting up, look like ten thousand. <laughs> you can't yeah. tell a fourteen year old here on top of the world with that one, man, for sure. But also, first time, it doesn't matter if there's ten people or a hundred sure. people. The the sure. feeling is the same because it's like the riskiness of it all. The like you're doing something new, you're actually putting it on the line. There's something. Now there's stakes. Like I feel like yep. that's the difference between performing in the booth versus performing live. Is like all of a sudden there are real stakes where you've got people who can yep. see you succeed or see you fall live. And, and some people are are looking for that. Like let's see if is he gonna rise to a occasion or is he gonna fall on his face? You know, and um as an artist on you to like see if you made for this in moments like that, especially early on. Cause some people can, like I said, clamor up, but I rose to the occasion, man. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Did anyone you know clamor up? Like, did you see it? Yeah, I, I uh, maybe not at that, not at that, not at that concert. But I didn't see people clamor up because I've been in the, I've been this a minute now, and I didn't see people clamor up for sure. What do they say about it? Like, do they reflect on it? Have they talked about what happens when they're on stage? Uh. Cause some people love music and I don't want to say music. People love many things in life. When it comes time for them to showcase what they do to others, they, um, they're not made for it. They're shy. But in this type of industry, when you're a public figure in this type of manner, you really can't be shy or withdrawn. You got to be entertained, so to speak. So yeah, you gonna have to figure that out. Just what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're definitely right that if you're shy, in this industry, not it for, you. for you. It ain't for you. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't for you. It ain't for you for sure. But I'm looking forward to doing my next um shows up here soon. Like 2024, we're gonna do an Illinois tour, 10 city tour down in Illinois. Where I'm from. Maybe the first show is gonna be Peoria, Illinois. Where I'm from, or maybe the last show. But either we're gonna do a 10 city tour in Peoria, maybe the first stop or the last stop. But for those y'all, be on the lookout for that. We're gonna do an Illinois tour, man. Because that's where you're originally from. I'm from Peoria, Illinois. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, personally, you know, my two cents, obviously, they're only two cents. But, Mm -hmm. hey, finishing the hometown, the hometown reception is like the great place to finish up. Yeah, yeah. You you know what's crazy about that? I wanted to do a show in my city maybe three months ago, and they tried to like – lowball me for what I was trying to do and get – we couldn't make the situation right. And sometimes it's always like your hometown because you got I got a lot of believers there, so I really couldn't understand why this venue wasn't seeing it. You know, like what y'all mean? Because like, I want to do a show in my hometown. You know, I just got out from a prison stint. All my fans and friends and peers are happy to see me. Music's going well, and I'm thinking like, shit, perfect time to put the show together and let these people hear the music I've been putting out and let them see what's going on. But that shit didn't end up shaking out. But now. Things are even bigger in that same, I don't want to call the ass out, but now the case is different. <laughs> now things are very different now. So, yeah, it's crazy how things work, man. So what what happened there? So were they just lowballing offers or were they just not coming to the party? Like when you're trying to – because this is the things that fans never see. They never see 
behind the scenes in terms of negotiation with regards to venues, with regards to ticketing, with regards to just how it all pans out. But can you give us some insight on how that worked out? And, and obviously it didn't work out thus far. I'm sure it'll work out now, but how that works. Okay. Okay. For, for, for artists, it's like, it's, it's even harder for artists. It's like, still hasn't made it to a point where like even buzzing in their hometown or buzzing in any shape, form or fashion. I'll speak from an aspect of somebody that like has even a small buzz, you know what I'm saying? Cause at that point you have some leverage, maybe not a lot of leverage, but see in my case I did and I had the impression like, okay, well I got this buzz going, they going to fuck with me. So I, me and my manager went, went down and sat with the club owners and we tried to figure out a place to make it work. I was even going to like buy the venue for the night. You know, so maybe split the door. For those who know what you call split the door, each person that come through, you got a clicker and like y'all split every person that come, whether you charge 40, the club gets 20, you get 20. And then you got this thing called the bar. You know, everybody know what the bar is, but the bar makes more, way more than the actual door. So it's all these uh, uh, variables, the bar, the door, and um, maybe other people you allowed to come on stage with you. All of those are variables. And we like uh, tried every angle, bro. I just try to give them the bar, uh, uh, split the door. like, But they they wasn't like respecting like how many people I can bring up in here just for y'all establishment. And um, now, the, now, now what's going on now, they see it clear as day, but... Take that and, and try to see what you can come up with it as an artist from the outside looking in. So when you go into something, you know, like, just because you buzzing don't necessarily mean shit going to work out for you. You got to make them respect you and respect has been made. Yeah. And at the <laughs> end of the day, it's like, I mean, I always say it on the show, but it's a business. Like It's a business. Yep. It's like a business. I don't even fault them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're only going to make the decisions that are best for their business. And like, the difficult thing about a venue is that when a venue decides to put on a show, there's mm-hmm. opportunity cost. So if they're putting on, let's say me on, mm-hmm. on the venue, they obviously can't put you on at the same time. So then they have to go, well, if Aaron is coming or if Frisco mm-hmm. Hardbody is coming, which one am I going to choose? Which one's going to generate more revenue for me on that particular night? And so that may come down to it as well. Of like, yep. hey, I've I can only give my venue to one artist tonight. I can't give it mm. to everybody. So they're yep. gonna make the the revenue choice. And like you said, hey, at the end of the day, it may not be today, but it will be tomorrow. As long as you come back with leverage, as long as you come back with eyes on a good deal that allows both yep. parties to win. Yep, yep. And that's exactly look, he, he know, he know people. He know. That's exactly <laughs> how it is, my guy. That's exactly how it is. Well, I I think the the weird thing is people take it personally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there is a trap in especially when you're an artist to mm-hmm. for everything to become about you. Or like this deal didn't work out. Oh, that's mm-hmm. because you don't like me. But yeah. you know, I, I think sometimes you have to separate yourself from outcomes and try to be as objective as possible so that you can stay level-headed and maintain relationships and that's very important that's very because i battle with that because of course i'll be lying if i say i didn't take it personal you know what i'm saying it's hard not because this is my hometown you know what i'm saying 
So like as you grow and when, when you become a business yourself, then you can see why certain measures are taken. You know what I'm saying? So like when you put it like don't take it personal as you grow, then you realize because you become a business yourself. And you have to make the right decisions for you as a business. You know what I'm saying? Same, same thing. So yeah. I, I learned it, but it, I ain't learned it overnight. <laughs> so you said you struggled with it. How did you learn it? Uh, because I started to become a business. You know, a lot of people say that. But I started to become a business where I got to, like, make certain decisions for my team and people that reach out to me. Like, I get a lot of... um. Cause I'm still an up and coming artist. I haven't reached my pinnacle yet, but it's a lot of other artists that's like on the come up, and uh, they reach for me for um just to jump on a song or put something on my page for them. And um, respectfully, I don't. And the reason being is because if we can't mutually benefit, it makes no sense. It can't be lopsided. You know what I'm saying? Now, now as raw as I am, as dope as I am as an artist, when you got another artist that's even on a higher pinnacle and I reach out to him, if it don't make sense, like for balance, then what he going to do it for? So it's the same type of scenario. When I became a business, I knew like there's certain things I just can't do. It's not a knock against the person, but if we both can't equally benefit, it don't make sense. I agree with you, man. I mean, I have the same thing. I mean, I, when I started this, I was like, who's going to come on? Like genuinely zero fan base, zero mm. audience i'm gonna get lucky if anyone wants to talk to me like I'm genuinely now, like bro. like <laughs> it's literally like it's a risk they spend an hour with me they don't know what's gonna happen they don't know they don't have a body of work to be able to look at they don't have consistency to look at they've got mm-hmm. essentially nothing and it's all risk so i'm always thankful to the people who came on in the beginning now I'm fortunate that I've been able to do this for a period of time and I've got a body of work. And so you're right. Yeah. I have people reach out as well that are just like, Hey, can I come on? And it's like, there's, n- there's only benefit for you. There's no benefit for the effort, <laughs> the energy, the time that it will take me to not only do it, but produce it to edit it, to put it out, promote it. And then what am I yeah. going to see? Like, that's the other thing of like, I get it but you need to work on your craft first before we do yeah. this. So it's not a no, it's just not yet. Like come back yep. to me and yep. I will consider it again. Yep. That's good you said. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy you put that like that for those that's watching this can know this go for many, many fields of professionalism. Yeah. I mean, that's the weird thing of like, you know, the more I'm learning from artists such as yourself is the more I'm yeah. seeing the parallels between like the music industry and just general life of like, mm-hmm. just cause you get a no, doesn't mean you got to pack it in and that it's all over. All you got to do is just be like, okay, I got to know what do I need to do to make it a yes next time. And I take accountability on myself to get the yes. It's not your job to give me the yes. It's my job to make you want to say yes to me. Yep, I'm in here. Yeah, for any of those watching, I get plenty. I got plenty no's and still get some no's. So, like, you still got to keep pressing. You still got to keep pressing. Whatever that no was, like you said, figure how to make it a yes. Yeah. Make them. Make them. I feel like that's the difference between success in in music or in anything is, like, those people who are, like, accepting of the no's but not accepting of the no as being the end result. Like, there are just some people I know – personally that they get a no and they quit they're like well 
I tried once. It didn't work out. Now it's over. Yeah, bro. That ain't the way. So that that's that's I mean, for people that that's that's take these nodes and like they they like they pack it in. I mean it's a gift and the curse, because those that pack it in after that, you shouldn't have been doing this anyway. Those that's hard in something, they sold in something, they gonna figure out how to wait to turn that into a yes or figure out a way to dissect that no and figure out the reason why and attack that. You know what I'm saying? And those that's not, they they'll fall off. They'll fall off. Hopefully, yeah. we hopefully you got you got a one that's not super talented at whatever he does and let a note pack him in. So don't do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, all you can do is believe in yourself. That's it. Yeah, you just got to trust yourself. And, 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 but again, like there are people who I see who are just like delusional in the sense of like they think that they're the greatest. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, man, you're not the greatest because if you were the greatest, you'd be selling out all the shows mm-hmm. you'd be doing awesome everyone will want to work with you so you got to take realization of like you have work to do that doesn't mean you can't be the talk. greatest but it just means you're not the greatest and when you say things like that it's embarrassing because everybody knows <laughs> it's bullshit everybody <laughs> knows <laughs> yeah man. yeah yeah i mean i was you know one thing about i want to speak about this i always told myself like man frisco you the best right and i and i meant from a place of like metaphors punchlines similes slick shit to say witty remarks like with my music and i I was stuck in that for a long time like right but it don't matter how raw or talented whatever the fucking words you want to use it don't matter if nobody's fucking with you because you got the most ass rapper or whatever words you want to use, not as talented as you, but he way bigger than you. So it's in, in some, in some uh, capacity, it's not about all your skill set. It's about putting these eyes on you, marketing yourself, promoting yourself, because at the end of the day, it's about who's fucking with you. You can be the best. That's cool. What that's going to get you? Where you, where you going? Where you going to take your best bag and just carry it around? <laughs> you got to put these eyes on yourself, man. So like, you sit back and wonder, like, why is this Joe Smo over here, big as hell, but he can't do what you can do. That's because you know what he can do better than you? Market himself. Mold himself. Tell his story the proper way. So, like, I was hung up on, like, the same thing. Oh, man, I'm better. But nah. When I got my marketing right, I got my team right, I got my eyes on putting my story out, it kind of leveled out, and I started to rise, man. I started to rise for sure. Yeah. I mean... Just you gotta live in reality sometimes. Like you just yes. gotta live in reality. Like, I mean, I've had these conversations with people on the show about how they're the best. And it's just like, like, I know that you know that that's just not true. I know it's it's a hip hop thing where like you have to come out braggadocious. You have to be like, I'm yeah. the best. Because that's kind of what it is. That's the sport. That's kind of like mm. what everyone loves in hip hop. But there is, at some point, you have to be like, I'm good, but I have mm-hmm. a lot to do to become the best. But, like, there mm-hmm. are people who are just, like, you know, living at their mom's house, like, their records aren't doing anything, and they just have the audacity to be like, I'm the greatest. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, like, it's like me saying I'm the best yeah. podcaster. I know for mm-hmm. a fact that's not true. Yeah. But I know that if I work, I will continue to get better and I will continue to rise. So no one yeah. will have, like, when you have to tell me you're the greatest, 
that's not how it works. People Real tell time. you you're the greatest. Real, hey, look, yeah, yeah, yeah. Real Michael time. Jordan doesn't have to say he's the best. Everyone does it Real for time. him. Like the LeBron and Michael Jordan debates, that's how you know they're the greatest because there are people who are not them going, hey, one of these two is the greatest of all time. I don't know which one it is, but undoubtedly they are in that caliber. So LeBron and Jordan, they don't have to talk about it. It's already done for them. They just play. Yep, and LeBron is the GOAT, okay? (laughs) (laughs) LeBron is the GOAT. I said it. LeBron the GOAT. You know, a lot of people are not going to like that, my friend. That's fine with me. They can, you can't, you can't debate it for real. To be honest, LeBron, that's crazy. You, you, you think LeBron not the goat? Well, to be honest, I am not familiar enough to basketball to have that. I like for you and I to have this discussion. I would just yeah. be it'd be all me bullshitting my way through it. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I've, I've yeah. I mean, I've had people say LeBron is great on the show, like. You're not mm-hmm. the only one. I think I think the more he continues to play, the more it's starting to become a difficult proposition to argue yeah, with, it seems. Man. See, I see you you're you're the perfect person to be like, explain why he's the GOAT, because like you said, you don't really know much. When it comes to what the game embodies, rebounding, steals, assists, uh uh court vision, like that, if you dropped a fucking alien and just said, who's the best at that? No biasness. Fucking LeBron. LeBron James. <laughs> but yeah, we get on top of it. But yeah, I just had, I'm, I'm the biggest LeBron fan, so I had to put that out there like that. That's my well, boy. I was actually going to ask you, because like, yeah. so this is the one thing I have heard, is Michael okay. Jordan's finals record is unparalleled yeah. in its success. LeBron okay. hasn't had the same finals record as Michael Jordan. So how do you compete that like when the perfect. time is to shine that mm-hmm. Jordan delivered and when the time uh-huh. is to shine LeBron delivered sometimes not every final series. Now the uh, level of competition. Michael wasn't going up against no damn super teams, bro. Michael was I don't say subpar competition to disrespect them like that, but we know the teams that LeBron faced. You know what I'm saying? Those Golden State Warriors, those uh, uh, Spurs, those are like teams that's going down in like history as like the best assembled teams. And when you speak about the teams that Michael went up against and beat, we can't even really say that. Like, and I want to respect them, but you, dang, there wasn't no damn going down in history teams that he beat. He's supposed to beat them. He's supposed to. Yeah. Well, as I said, I'm not the one to debate you on that. So, <laughs> yeah. But that is a good answer. That is a yeah. good answer yeah. of like, yeah, I mean, competition is a thing. I always wonder though, like it's, it's an impossible mm-hmm. discussion because LeBron is in a different generation, different basketball, different technology, and Jordan obviously played a different era a different style of basketball so it's hard to to like you you can never know i mean we have the same discussion you have the same discussion in in nfl in in afl for us like it's just a different game at that point okay well i'm pretty sure knew something about uh views who the the greatest rapper to you man all time alive oh alive 
Well, I was going to say dead, big pun, is the greatest rapper. Okay. People sleep on him. Well, I, I just think like, I mean, Capital Punishment just like to me is just, I yeah. it's, it's a masterclass on how to rap. Like he just nailed it from like, I, I'm obsessed with that album. Like it is just such a good project. Him at his peak, he just got overweight and fat and it was just depressing. His old, other albums, but Capital Punishment is just absolute fire. Yeah, rest in peace, pun, man. Want to take my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love some pun. Yeah. 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 Puns. Yeah, puns, my guy. Um, But yeah, I mean, at the moment for me, it's hard mm. to go past Kendrick these days. Yes. It's like someone, someone who's going past. But like, I mean, my personal favorite is like 50 Cent. Like just... Just as what it meant for me, get rich or die yeah. trying. But I will say he's not the most lyrical. He uh-huh. doesn't come with the like most complex bars, but he makes uh-huh. fucking good songs. He just makes catchy yeah. songs that get you in. But I think Kendrick is probably the like the the generation, my generation of like, you know, like this generation of like he's the the pinnacle of what we've got at the moment with the success in his projects, with the sounds in his projects. Like he seems to be mm. able to mold himself constantly outside of what everybody else is doing. That's what I actually admire the most is like it seems like he's just doing his own thing. He doesn't operate in the same fields as everybody else. I okay from a from a from a level of just raw hip hop. Yeah. Drake, I think Drake is because he embodies it all. He embodies it all, man. From from like I said, they discredit him, I believe, because the run he's been on, he like don't seem real. What is it? What that motherfucker got the little the the, the most number ones that took over for Michael Jackson or something? Yeah, it is ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. So that's and like it's crazy, like. We can debate that. That was funny. Like, you know, if anybody else, like, I don't really know why the guy get discredited a lot. But he get a lot of credit, but Joe, that's crazy. Because I think he is, like, the go-to right now. But I think he's the the best musician. He's not the best mm-hmm. rapper. And Drake, I'll see. Maybe. See, that's a hard one for me, too, man. Because when you listen to the, his bars, like, his back-to-back, um... Man, so many. He he's slapping them with bars, man. But he doesn't do <laughs> it. But he doesn't do it consistent. What my point is more that like he's capable, yeah, one thousand percent. Yeah. But he yeah. doesn't sell himself as a rapper. He sells himself as just the musician. And I get yep. that. True. true but because true he's not rigid. But because he's not releasing hip hop albums every time he's releasing albums, it's mm-hmm. almost easier to not have to stack up the bars. So, like, yeah. if I only release five hip-hop tracks a year, then mm-hmm. all I got to do is come for five tracks. Whereas, like, if all you do is hip-hop and bars and hip-hop albums, then you yeah. have to deliver on those albums. And I think Kendrick has done that, whereas Drake has just done his own thing. He experiments with his sound. He experiments with, mm-hmm. like, EDM, pop. He's a great singer. But best yeah. rapper, because he doesn't solely dedicate himself to that, I'm like, hard to rectify uh, it as the uh, best. I will. 
maybe not the best bars, but even then it's hard for me to let that shit roll off my lips, my guy. <laughs> man, it's hard, man. Drake, Drake, Drake the fucking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But in, in Frisco Hard Body Scope, too, let them know it. Don't forget about me yeah. up in there. We, you know what I'm saying? Hey, go check me out, man. Well, that's the funny thing. He's Canadian. He's not even American. That's like that's the... That's even crazier. Dominated. And dominated. He was like, I ain't even from around here. How did they be running down here? <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, it comes in. I mean, it's wild to me that he was able to do it so well. Yeah. Drizzy, the, he the goat, man. Taking him book it. Taking he the goat of right now. I mean, let's clear that up. He the goat of right now, this era. Yeah. I mean... His consistency over a long period of time is impossible. Hell yeah. To like. Hell yeah, dude. That won't be matched no more. No more. You ain't gonna never see that shit again. Yeah. You ain't never see that shit again. Let me ask you, because mm-hmm. I actually wanted to ask you this question, then we got distracted for 20 minutes. But you, you, you performed and the addiction of being on stage and the music hits you. How does that start to influence the rest of of your life or, or your life moving forward from that point? Like what, what starts to happen to you mentally? What do you start to prioritize? I'm always interested in like when it clicks for you, that this is something you want to do and then what you start to do to start to make that happen. I mean, is this something you want to do? Like, cause I think you got two kind of people, which is people like um, that that love this and they do it like like as a hobby. I respect that. And then you got those that this is their life, and everything in their life is like around this one thing that they love, rather it be sports or whatever. But for me, I love this, and every facet of my life is built around this. And um, my mom understands that, my sister understands that, everybody in my life understands that this is what Frisco does, and we're gonna have to like. I don't want to say accommodate, but no, like we have to love him according to what he loves. Not to say that he don't love us, but this is all I have, my guy. Like when I say when I had that click in my mind, like, okay, this is it. I have to get rid of everything. Like there is no like other motives, my guy. There is no other. It's only this. And when that moment clicked in, bro, I had to like stop everything. Like, I had to leave the streets alone, which was like a struggle. And um, I had to leave everything, bro. Like it kind of really saved my life, if I'm being honest. So how did you start letting things go? Like, yeah, it's it's interesting that at like at that young you were like, all right, I'm gonna start letting things go. How did you start distancing yourself from you know essentially your your previous life? Well, it wasn't a snap your fingers. For those who don't know, I, I spent a long prison stint. You know what I'm saying in Illinois uh, prison system. So that's what kind of like forced it, you know what I'm saying? Because you're stripped away from everything that you know and you love. I still had a lot of love and support, but it it it, it blocked out a lot of other things that would have been like up in my face. A lot of women, a lot of money, a lot of uh, distractions was all like stripped away from me. So like I still had to focus in, but like when I was sat down, it forced me to realize like what direction I wanted my life to go in. And when I came out, I just implemented it. Like, uh, God is real, my God, because like, I can't even explain, like, on the surface, like, what's happening. Like, I put the hard work in, but, like, it still can't explain on the surface. Like, man, Joe, how is this shit unfolding like this? You know what I'm saying? It's God, and it's how I put my mind together, bro. So if that answers your question, lot when I was locked up, I had no choice, my God, and I came out and I executed. 
Can I ask you what you went away for? Shooting someone. And how old were you at that age? I was just turning 18. I was Damn. just turning 18, yeah. So yeah, what yeah, was, yeah. yeah, I mean, so you were, you know, because the key for me when I do these things is to try and understand you as much as I can. And, Let's and do it, to, man. To, to get into your mindset. But when you're at that age and mm-hmm. you realize, I mean, you're looking at the prospect. I mean, you were in mm-hmm. prison for over a decade. Yeah. When you were 18, when you got handed down that sentence, I mean, you talk about it in your song once again about what it was like. But when you got handed that sentence, what did that do to you mentally? Um, I'm not even gonna, I, I don't know if this sound like naive, but like it's the whole truth. Like I was so young, I really didn't understand what was happening. I really didn't understand 16 years at 85%. I didn't compute it. Like I didn't understand it until I was like maybe eight, nine years into my prison bid. So like I went along just like not really knowing like what the fuck is going on. I mean, I'm there physically and I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with, but like you can't put nobody away at that age and like explain to them what that actually is. So like, Part of that saved me too, because if I would realize what the fuck was really happening in my life, it probably would have did like an adverse effect. But no, no, and I had my whole family. You know, like a lot of people's story is uh, people leave them. I had people leave me, but I had a big uh, support system, man. So I made it through that. But it wasn't comfortable. When I, you know what I'm saying? Hell no, no, it wasn't easy. So let's not say that. Yeah, I mean, did you just separate? from like your physical self and mentally did you find that that was like you just had to it was almost like you were like the way you describe it that you didn't even realize the consequences so deep in mm-hmm. that it was like it's almost like it's a it's a dream like it's not real in a weird yeah. way man look that's exactly i mean it's let me try to go deep with you, bro. Because it's many, it's many emotions, many facets, many ways to answer the questions you ask when it's based around that. But one side of it is like, you got a lot of people that say this shit. Like, I know you heard this because you listen to uh, hip hop and the culture. A lot of people say I'm a real nigga, right? Right. And um, I hate. I've never broke the code. I never fucked on one of my homies' girls. I've never told, I never backdoed anyone, none of nothing. Anyone, anybody that can say I have come forward right now and speak your truth and call me a liar then. So as I'm going through these things, I'm sitting in cell and I'm wondering, why is this happening? Cause I, I've never, I've never broke the code. Why am I here? When something like it, it happened every all the time. People, people. I mean, I finally rectified myself and uh, um, from the sins I've committed. But people get shot every day. Violence shit happen every day. And when you in this, when you in that field, you know what come with that shit. So I had to take my lick with not really understanding why is it happening to me. I never told. I never did no moral bullshit that breaks my moral compass. So why am I dealing with this? So I dealt with that for a long time, and I came to understanding that. It ain't, it ain't, God don't work on the uh, um, street code. God don't work with street code. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that's not how it goes. So I had to realize it's, it's not no 
more coming to the streets. It's how God put me away to save me, man. And that took me a minute to realize. I know I went deep with you with that one, but that's the whole I like truth. it, man. I'm I appreciate you going deep and and telling me. Because I think that's an interesting thing and a good message of like, you know, I think we our wisdom is limited to our own wisdom mm-hmm. in the sense of like, you know, we are so obsessed with our own logic and our own ability to justify things that we do that like there is the the being the like the operation of the universe that operates that's bigger than us that's outside of us us. and so it's a profound lesson to learn for you to be like you know i operated by these codes Mm -hmm. but it didn't work for me like i look at where my life is and I thought these principles were the guiding principles when in reality they may not have been the ones I should have been following. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 and stubbornly so, I still follow the same code. You know what I'm saying? I, I, you still can't pay me to go and do some shit that's going to, I can't. I don't want to say, but you can't pay me to do that. But it, it, it teaches me, teach me now to put myself in better position align myself with the right people and like don't let nobody take advantage of my loyalty because I'm gonna die by my loyalty. You know what I'm saying? And that's hard for a lot of people to do. And I and I did it for 13 years straight. I'm gonna die by my loyalty. So like when I gotta know when I put myself in a certain position what I'm willing to do. It ain't even about that person. So like I don't even know what you're willing to do, but I'm gonna die by mine. So like I'm not even finna fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going to get some shit that ain't even for you. I'm just going to stay in my lane, rap, and stay clear for all the bullshit, bro. Because that's the lips I'm willing to go to. So I, I'm on my own type of code now, bro. Well, it's interesting because, like, trust, loyalty, honor, respect, they are good codes to live by. You just have to choose yep. where you apply them and yep. how you apply yep. them. And yep. you can yep. choose to add value or you can choose to take value. And if you justify taking away value and hurting others through honor, respect, that actually doesn't compute. They're not the same. So I think it's good okay, you know. to still have the values, but then also understand that like, hey, I know deep down whether I'm doing the right thing or not. Mm-hmm. I think everybody yep. does. They can reasonably look in themselves and go, does this actually mean I'm a good person or am I trying to tell myself and justify the shitty behavior that I do? And I think that's, <laughs> and, and a lot of people do that. They justify yeah. the bullshit. They justify, oh, you know, I cheated on this person or I fucked over this person because of X, but mm-hmm. like you did those things. Mm-hmm. It, like it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning, accountability and ownership of your own actions is fundamentally yeah the critical thing to anybody's success. Yep. Yep. And that's only like a su- success in life, not just career success in life, my guy. Real talk. Yeah. So do you, I, I wonder, do you feel like prison helped you realize those things? I wonder what your thoughts on oh, hell if, yeah. if you didn't go to prison, where your life would potentially be. Have you thought about that? Man, I think I'd probably be doing a longer prison stint or fucking dead, bro, if I'm being honest with you, man. You know what I'm saying? Because uh you don't you don't really get to see, sir. I don't I don't I don't I don't have no 
father figure growing up, you know what I'm saying? Or someone that tells me, like, all my people I was looking to were drug dealers and, 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 and you know, I'm, not even to label them, but because I was the same thing, you know what I'm saying? And still know the code all that. So, like, I didn't have nobody to take me and, and show me the way. So I was riding reckless, my guy. And uh, it took that to sit me down and get me right. So I'm here in front of you now when it's showing its benefits for sure. Well, man, I am thankful that you, number one, got through it, that, you know, you're you're making your way, you're, you're doing the thing that you've wanted to do since you were 14 years old, which is yeah, be creative, make your art. I think your story yeah. is extremely powerful in the way that it can help people understand even if they're not even if they didn't live a similar life to you but just try mm-hmm. to understand that like hey you don't you're not stuck forever like a lot of people and reasonably i understand that when they go to prison it fucks up the rest of their life like it is it- like it is over and you are one of very few people who succeed in turning their life around. But it's important to also recognize that it's possible. Um, But yeah, like, I mean, the way we talk about it and it's easy for me to talk about it with you because you're able to look Mm. back on it. Your life is heading Mm. in a, in a fantastic trajectory, but also to talk about how tough it really is inside there, especially people who are doing multiple stints, it's just they get their life is a cycle. It's just never ending at that point. Yeah, man. Like like it's it's not even just prison, but just a tough time as a young man. Like I can go on and on and on about what I've been through, what continues to go through. I mean it's easy to navigate now because of the uprise, but for somebody that's like going through those things or been through those things, it's, it's comforting to hear someone to speak to. You know what I'm saying? So like, like I said, like I, I, I used to hone myself on just like my skill set, my metaphors, my punchlines, and you know, cause that's what I'm good at. But I also have a story to tell. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm speaking from these places. So when somebody put some Frisco hard by this skull on, they not just getting some shit to like bounce around. So you're going to get that. But I'm telling the story, man. I didn't been through the worst of times and I didn't rose through it. So who's to say that you can't? Yeah. I mean, there is, there is no reason. Like that's, that's what I think. And like, you know, as I said, I obviously didn't grow up in the same environment as you, but mm-hmm. the lessons that you take and, and, and the things that I get from this conversation also help me put in, into perspective, like everything is, just for the moment, like this mm. feeling and, and where I'm at now is only right now. And I still mm. have it within the, my grasp to create change and that everything I do from this point moving forward influences the rest of my life. That's a great way. You dropping, you dropping Jews. Shit, y'all hear this man. He dropping <laughs> Jews up in here. Y'all hear this man. My real talk, man, you know, and, and you got to just stay motivated because like, each small sex of success that I get, I want more. I don't like rest on like my achievements and the things I do accomplish. Like each, it has to be levels to like success and what you want to do. Because if you stay in one place, man, it's gonna die out real fast. So like, stay motivated and know like whether it's good or bad, this moment is gonna pass. So 
like how this this is a like I love the platforms like this and being here with you because not just my city, it's good for like young men and young women to see things like this because they can look and say, okay, Frisco came from this type of background that I'm currently in and look at him. And look at him. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's what I do this shit for. I love my music and I love my craft, but I ain't had nobody to look to. So I only can hope to be that same thing for someone that I didn't have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Real talk. Yeah. And I think, and it's interesting. I find hip hop so interesting to me because it's the, it's everyone does it to get out of their situation. But mm. the obsession hip hop has with like the, it makes dangerous lifestyles sexy. It mm. like, it, it creates this glorification of street culture, of mm. drug culture. But mm. it's also valuable, I think, for young people, as you said, to hear the truth of like what it was like to live that lifestyle. Not mm-hmm. and not to aspire to it. Like it's just this real talk. It's just I don't know. I I find it interesting. The older the older I get, I mean, I've been listening to hip hop since I was a kid. Like I was eight years old. Where I my parents yeah. fucking hate that fact, but I've been listening <laughs> to it since I was a kid. And the older I get, the more I begin to understand the culture, the place that it sits in, and mm-hmm. that it's valuable for people to get like part of it is entertainment and it's not Mm -hmm. all true. And it's like this Mm -hmm. weird place. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird to describe hip hop culture because it's, it's entertainment, but it's also life. Yeah. I I think, I think I I know what you're trying to say here because I'm going to go from the the beginning of what you said. It's like, uh, these gruesome stories, whether it be violence or drugs, then whatever case it is, you let's 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 just metaphorically take a kid right now that's actually actively in that, but has musical talent or any type of talent. He's going through whatever he's going through, and he has the opportunity to express himself through art. You know what I'm saying? He can never get narrate these stories that he's going through, right? And he makes it to a pinnacle. So, like these stories that he's narrated were actually true stories. And it gave him the opportunity to provide for his family, you know? So that's the ugly side of it. Like, he's doing what he's doing, but he found the way to express himself what he's going through through his art. Now, you got someone that never fucking one day spun one second of any street shit, any culture, but he raps about it and he misleads. You know what I'm saying? And, like, those are motherfuckers that I hope one day get the fuck on. You know what I'm saying? Because they 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 watered down what's supposed to be true, genuine uh, 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 stories in true life. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not to motivate violence. This is not to uh, uh, promote bullshit. This is just one expressing themselves. But you, like you said, it's, it's, it's entertainment. So motherfucker gonna do it anyway. You know, money, Rudolph, motherfucker gonna do it anyway. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think go. that's a great point. I think, you know, they they people just see what other people successfully express themselves about and then they try mm-hmm. to emulate it regardless yeah. of whether that's their life or not. Mm-hmm. And I think the the great thing about hip-hop is there's space for you to express yourself regardless of your life. Real talk. And Real that talk. Is, that's talk. what's Real missing talk. is Real like it's, it's about your life. It's not yeah. about 
their life, life. and you're <laughs> pretending to be because I mean how many rappers get caught in that life pretending to be that life and then they get involved with people they shouldn't be involved in because they've been pretending the whole time and yeah, then all of a sudden talk. they're in a situation they're not prepared for and this is this is why like you got certain artists and I'm one of them because it's a backstory. Like, like I said, I don't want to glorify nothing I've done and been a part of. But what I will say is I've done 10 years in a joint locked away. So when I express this to you through my music, it's genuine. I didn't been shot three times and survived it. So when you hear me talk about shit of that nature, you know. It's, it's many things I can go on to go on about, but this is what I mean from a point of like artistry. I made it to the point where that's not my life, but I rose, you know, and I rose. So when people hear me, they know, like, okay, he's one of them. To where, like, uh, somebody that's also going through the things or went through them things, it resonates. You know what I'm saying? It resonates. The, the world need a motherfucker like me. <laughs> they, they need a motherfucker like me. You know why? Because it's too much bullshit. It's too many motherfuckers saying this and that and the third, and that's not the case. So when they presented Frisco Hardbody Skull and they put that shit on, bro, it's true and it's genuine, man. It's true and it's genuine because I'm going to get some motherfuckers through some shit that they're going through, man. The world need a motherfucker like me. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. as we said, like it helps people know that you can talk about your past and mm-hmm. talk about your life and reflect and use that to help propel you. But it also yep. means that you don't have to go back to that life. Real that, talk. That there, Real talk. You can separate expression and reality and if that was you in the past you can still use it you know just don't have to live it and and, real talk and i don't know i think there is this trap that i think we all fall into is like we start talking Mm -hmm. about about things and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. we want to be the things that we talk about yeah i ain't ain't chasing that i ain't chasing any any, anybody that, that that's that's looking at me and they wonder like what's to it like if you want me to stay in the past and say I've changed, motherfucker, you you want me to change. If you don't want me to change, how do you want what's good for me? How are you? How are you uh, my friend? You know what I'm saying? You want me to you want me to, to to keep doing what I was doing that landed me doing 10 plus years. And you want me to do that? How are you my friend? How is that smart? How, how, how? On, on what fucking planet does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? So like. I stay clear of people like where they be so-called friends. Like I'm not moving like that no more, bro. Like, and I still move on these same principles and morals. So like if I sense some type of disrespect, I'm going to blitz your ass. And like, that's sadly. So I don't even like, I don't even entertain like no type of bullshit, no type of negativity. It's all positivity. It's all peace. It's all love. Like you ask my team, anybody around me, like you never see me mugging, upset, like, bro, I'm full of love, I'm full of passion, but please don't play with me. So like, I don't entertain that. I turned like my, like I said, my pain and my story into like beautiful art now. You know what I'm saying? But that don't mean I'm still ain't Frisco. Like, like I'm not a monster, I'm not none of these things, but I'm a man. And I've grown away from these things. Like I'm focused now. It's zero tunnel vision for me, bro. Zero tunnel vision. Hey man, I'm excited for you. Like, appreciate you, bro. You know, it. the The more we speak, the more I'm like, yeah, it's it's going to happen. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. The, the more we talk, I'm like, hey, you know, you know where you want to go. 
Like you know yeah, for sure. what you need to do and, and you have a vision for that. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so so tell me, like, you know, you've got the single dropping tomorrow. Yeah. What's the plan post that? Do you have a vision of like what 2024 ideally looks like? Yeah. Okay. The, the, I mean, the plan, I got, I got some more songs in the back burner. But the plan is to promote, keep promoting this um, Welcome to Yodiville album. And this is one of my buddies that um, has passed away and lost his life to gun violence. So it's, um, it's dedicated to him. So we're promoting that album. We're going to do a tour in 2024, like I said, 10 City Tour, and um, make P.O. Illinois the last stop. Like how you said, we're going to take that and run with that. But it's just all up with motion with that. Probably going to start doing um, more features. I'll be turning a lot of them down, but I probably should do that, you know, and... Uh, just start expanding myself as an artist more, you know, and um, we turned down some situations because they weren't right for us, but I got a feeling that the right one going to come along, man. So yeah, 2024, my year, bro. And you've got your, your music group as well. I mean, we haven't spoken yeah. at all about that, but you know, yeah, you, yeah. you've got artists and, and you're, you're really yeah. like, when, when we talk, you and I, we're not just saying like, we're not saying in the ether of like, Hey, I am making a business out of it. Like you genuinely are. You've got, you know, you're you're putting resources, you're putting time, you're putting energy into making sure that this is a long-term project and long-term career, not just oh, like, hey, I just want to quickly make some bread and then that's it, I'm out. Like that's nah, that not what it. this is about. Yeah, I'm here for a long time, not a good time, man. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And uh, the label is Hard Body Empire Music Group. So, yeah, we own that. All my projects coming out of my own pocket, coming out under my own label. And uh, my own team, you know, they they a good-ass team, bro. They a good-ass team. So, like, this ain't the one-man army, bro. So, we making this shit happen thus far. Things have been great, and it's only going to keep going up. Hey, it's exciting, man. And I was actually going to ask, how did you build that team out? I mean, you've managed to do it very quickly in the period of time that you've been out, but how did you do it so quickly? Did you have people you had an idea for or like, how did that process come about? Uh, okay. Uh, when I was locked up, of course I was still writing my music and planning out my vision of how I wanted to execute it. My best friend, her name is Sissy. Uh, we've been best friends for a long time since we were like young, maybe like seven or eight or something. But I just came to her like, man, she know that this is what I do with my life and shit. I approached her like, man, what you think about this? And she's someone that I love, someone that I trust. And like, when you got to a team, the, the main person has to be someone that you trust. I mean, business is business, but you still won't trust there. So she agreed to it. I came home. She overlooked and overseen a lot of the decisions that um, was based around my music and kind of let me focus on the music. I still wore multiple hats. And uh, we rocked out for maybe like, eight months put out projects and um did all of that and then i put out this uh well i skipped a little bit but i put out this video on youtube on my youtube channel the first day i got out and um it was like uh 119,000 views on youtube kind of like blew me up so that that one video exploded my facebook it exploded my instagram she kind of catapulted me to be honest and People start finding me, and uh, I turned down a lot of people, but it was one consistent person, like, that was really genuine, like, and that was Dom, you know what I'm saying? That was Dom. 
And uh, it took me maybe like a month, but he always was persistent. Like, man, I see what you're doing and um, sharing my shit, hitting me up, congratulating me. And people and people that want to fuck with you, they usually just like tap in, hey, what's up? I'm trying to watch the band. And then you tell them no and they gone. Dom, that wasn't the case. So Dom and Kurt came on board and shit, man. Thank God for them. And like, we're a three-headed team right now. It's, it's Kurt, it's Dom, it's Sissy. And it shot the culture, Brandon. Uh, we doing well, man. Thank y'all. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, Dom helped put this together as well. So shout out to Dom uh, shout as out well. To Dom. Uh, he also put together the Twin Kings uh, interview that I have, that I that I did as well. That was that came out great. So, hey, man, I, I think credit goes to a lot of people that are unrecognized, that are not the face mm-hmm. of the music and and as you said you cannot do it without a solid team people you trust because hey they keep you in check yep. yep real talk real talk and one thing it's a lot of people online that I've never met a day in my life that are my biggest supporters so I can I don't it's too many to name like I don't know everyone but anyone that share my shit tag me in some shit that's concerning music like it's a lot and um this is my way to acknowledge all y'all thank y'all y'all the reason that I'm making it and, and studying rising, study rising. So, man, this is like my dedication to y'all. Thank y'all for that. And thank you as well. I mean, we're thankful you're making music, man. Um, but yeah. I only have one more question for you. It's the only okay. question that I plan on the show. It's probably the hardest question that I'll ask. But what's that? Name? If you had to recommend one mm-hmm. album that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of doesn't have to be the best album just you think mm. everybody should appreciate what would it be it can be any genre of music cannot be your own music oh 50 singer richard dot trying there's not even a- <laughs> <laughs> 50 singer richard dot trying man yeah yeah that's that and you know what else after that welcome to yodiville by frisco hard by the skull coming that one <laughs> that one yeah man what did that album for mean sure. for you? Uh, well, I had a title something else. I, I had titled it "Invisible Chains" at first, but um, one of my younger buddies, um, it's a whole backstory to him. But like I said, he lost his life to gun violence, and uh, I decided to dedicate the mixtape or the album to him. It's not stories all like narrated about him, but like I can't bring him back. I can't like bring his family, his uh, uh, friends, peace. Like there's nothing I can do. But my superpower, like I said, is music. So the greatest thing I can do for him is this. Gift him with this and, like, hopefully keep his name alive and, you know, never let him be forgotten. That's exactly what I'm going to do with this tape right here, with this album. And when's that drop due to come? Um, we we hoping, we're we aiming for the date next month, November 27th. November 27th, so... That's the goal. But we got a lot of shit in the works. So, like, I know I, people have heard me talk about dropping at this time, dropping at this day. But, like, I want to give y'all this insight. We got shit going on, man. And we want to make this sure it's, like, the best it possibly could be. So that's the reason I ain't gave it to y'all yet. So, but that's hey. a reasonable time frame for me to execute everything. Well, it might actually also be out by the time this comes, this drops. So, hey. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking for. It's actually the 27th of October here in Australia. I know it's 26th for you, so we're yeah. we're in the future. But it's exactly a month from today. Um, yeah, th- that it could be out. But man, I think 
all your fans, myself included, are extremely excited about your project coming. We're excited about seeing you continue to rise, continue doing your thing, because I think, you know, hip hop and music culture is only benefiting from having you a part of it. Man, I appreciate you, man. That means a lot to me right there, my guy. That means a lot. I'm supposed to be here. Agreed. And you said man, it. is there anything you wanted to plug? Um, as I said, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming through. I appreciate you being so open and honest and getting into yeah, for sure. the deep stuff with me. As I said to you sure. off camera, we don't really plan how this goes. We just kind of talk and we ended yeah. up there. So I appreciate you being Good open talk. to that. But um, yeah. yeah, is there anything you wanted to shout out and anything else you wanted to plug before we wrap okay. it up? Uh, yeah, my number one thing I always say, Peoria, Illinois, my hometown, stand the fuck up. We always stamping that and stamping them. So other than that, man, we're just go hard by the skull. That's my handle on Instagram, Facebook, all social media platforms. My YouTube is Frisco Hard by the Skull. I'm plugging all that in. Y'all stay tuned for this song that's dropping Friday, 2027. Frisco Hard by the Skull. Play No Games featuring Sada Baby. The album, Welcome to Yodiville. We're trying to get that to you next month on the 27th. Y'all stay tuned and um, the people's champ. Let them know it. <laughs> I love that, man. <laughs> I appreciate your time. All right, man. Thank you, my guy. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.